Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I'm Ben Duncan, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana. In today's episode, I am joined by Ben Fuller. Ben is a director of internal systems working for a business out of the US. This isn't the first time he's been a guest on the podcast. He came on a few years back now when we were all in Greenforce in San Francisco. Uh, and in this episode, we explore more around the role of an admin and the difference between a junior and entry-level admin and what companies can gain from hiring people at a more junior level and also what they should be looking for from potential hires at that level. We also explore what someone can ultimately be working on when they're, they're new to Salesforce and some of the things that Ben has been able to line up for his own um, hire recently, someone that came in with relatively with, uh, with not much Salesforce experience prior to joining the business and the kind of tasks that he's been able to get them working on. We discuss a Twitter post that went out recently that, that talks about how anyone can get certified in Salesforce in two to three weeks, and Ben gave his view on that. And then we explore a bit more about a couple of things that, that Ben is talking about on, on LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, or has been talking about recently, around personal brands and job descriptions. I know uh, he, uh, he has an opinion on both, so it's good to explore that. And then Ben also gives us an insight into RevOps and the world of RevOps, what that is and whether or not people should be taking notice of it. Ben is definitely someone that I would recommend you follow online. He, uh, he has some really uh, funny posts, some, some really insightful content, and uh, he's definitely someone that I enjoy uh, reading uh, his views and thoughts on LinkedIn. And yeah, hopefully you enjoy this episode. If you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Welcome back. Glad to be back, Ben. It's been a couple of years, I think. <laughs> yeah, last time was when we first met in San Fran. So uh, when the world was a bit more normal and we could travel and, and all those uh, fun things. It was, yeah, there was John. Oh, who else was on that call with one with Andrew. us? It was John Knight, Andrew, and, um, and Chris. the legend that is Christopher Hopper. Yeah, yeah, that was a while yeah. Ago. It was, yeah, it was a good chat. So we've got some more to cover today, and I think we'll, we'll explore the world of admins again. I know you're passionate about the admin space and making things fair as well and, um, and really truly understood, I think, because... There's a lot of kind of, uh, I guess, disagreement in the market around what different levels are and, and what people can expect and why someone would hire someone senior or over, over junior and things like that. I guess let's kick off with what, what's the difference between entry level and junior, in your opinion? Entry level, you're not looking for any experience. This is somebody who's coming in green, right? It's greenfield. They're here there to learn. They're here to become an admin underneath you. Junior, I tend to loop them in with with entry-level roles, but it's zero to one-year experience. Anything in the Salesforce space over one-year experience at this point, that's you're, you're, you're hitting that mid-tier level at that point. Like You expect to pay more. You expect them to be able to do more if you're expecting experience. And I think that's... Salesforce is still such a new technology that you can't do that. So you, you, um, you know Nick, right, who's hiring for an admin at the moment. I know um, you saw he, he was looking entry level and you were like, yep. you know, that you got a buzz out of that because it was great to see people doing that. And you said you've got people to recommend. Like, what, what do you think, like, what are the minimum, even entry level with no experience in Salesforce, but like, what are the skills or, or transferable skills that people can be looking for someone to bring into that kind of role? Like, is it literally a grad straight out of school or are you looking for someone with a bit of life experience from, from a, a work perspective and 
you know, certain soft skills. Yeah, I don't think like like I don't think a degree is necessary. I don't think a certificate is necessary. I think the ability to just communicate to, to communicate directly, but also it, it, there's you have to be able to talk. And as I stumble over my own words here, you have to be able to hold a conversation. With the other with somebody and if you can't hold a conversation you'll never survive as an admin i don't care how experienced you are right especially at this entry level because you're going to be following somebody and shadowing somebody you have to know how to hold a conversation ask questions and receive feedback and for me when i'm hiring an entry-level role in the junior level so i hired someone uh actually a year in, in june i'll have had an entry-level person on my team junior level person on my team she had a ton of life and, you know she has a master's degree in, in english but she had no Salesforce experience, uh, but she could hold a conversation and she was hungry to learn and she was willing to ask questions. And for me, that 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 goes a long way. So what, what did she like? How did she stand out from others when you were hiring? She was hungry. She approached me. She found me on TikTok. Actually, I was on TikTok. Yeah, right. I was posting some Salesforce content and she started following me and she reached out just asking for advice. She found me on LinkedIn. She asked advice of like what she what what she should do to approach people. And at the time I didn't have an open role, but as I opened one and I mean, you saw Nick's post, hundred couple hundred people applied to that role. I had the same, the same piece, um, the same, the same experience when I heard my, my last junior role, you know, she stood out, she, she applied, she approached, she came to the table wanting and hungry to learn. And when she did ask questions, they weren't generic, like, Hey, I'm interested. It was, this is what I'm trying to do. And this is what I'm trying to accomplish. How would you go about it? Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I put a post up um, recently. I've, I've seen a lot of um, companies struggling to hire um, admins at all levels. So senior, you kind of understand that, right? Because, you know, there, there aren't that many compared to how many opportunities there are. But we've ma- we have seen a massive influx of people coming into the market at a junior level. So you know, there are lots of people out there now with certifications, but no work experience. And there's one company that I'm working with at the moment. I've just started engaging with them, but it's um, they've had an open admin role since September last year. And they're hiring for an entry level admin role. Like They don't need any experience. They do want someone with a certification. Um, I think just to show that someone's gone out and kind of what, what they don't want is someone that just decides this morning they want a Salesforce role and then they apply and they get it because, you know, they decided this morning. They want to see that someone's invested some time over a period of weeks or months, um, not two to three weeks, but we'll get onto that later on. But yeah, someone that's actually invested in, in a career in Salesforce and that's why the certification is, is something they want to see. But what they've really struggled with is finding someone that can ha- has empathy, someone that can you know engage with the business, and and it's interesting because I've been reviewing CVs recently for that role, and um, I'm seeing like a lot of people with no technical background, like no, they've never coded in their life, they've never studied coding, but on their CV they'll have like knowledge of, lightning, knowledge of Lightning Web Components, right? And immediately I'm looking at their CV and that turns me away straight away because I'm like that doesn't match what my client wants. Initially it's someone that can communicate and kind of take orders from the users. The fact that you have Lightning Web Components on your CV is going to put the client off because they're either going to think you're too senior, too much of a developer, and not happy doing a first-level support role. Like, you know, they're the kind of things you don't want to put on your CV, but I feel people think that they have to. Yeah, or or they're going to think of, do they actually know what they're talking about because they have no experience, but they know LWCs? Like, there's three-quarters of mid-tier admins don't know enough about Lightning Web Components to really talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. 
So when you have hired, um, so the, the lady that you brought into the team recently and you brought in a junior level, what kind of skills, uh, sorry, what kind of roles and responsibilities can you throw at someone day one? Uh, on my side, it's triage. It's understanding the tickets. So it's it, they're responsible for uh, reviewing the tickets and then triage, triaging them out to the uh, right stakeholder or business holder within business, uh, business person within our company. Um, so they come in, it's marketing, right? We talk to the marketing specialists on our team, marketing admin, Salesforce marketing admin on our side here, and they get together they review the ticket to understand what the request is they triage it and then they work it together and she gets to learn from somebody who's experienced but she's also the first line for us so it's really getting to know the business through the questions they're asking so how, how do you then um keep someone like that engaged as well and, and learning because i guess it's important to understand where they're going with their career because there is so much um demand and, and expectation in the market like it must be important to give them like the next step as well and, and show them that you know you're learning and developing and not just purely focusing on on um, on helping other people solve a problem. Yeah. So for us, I'm very fortunate that my tech stack is 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 pretty stacked with Salesforce tools. So we're sales service. CPQ, Experience Cloud, we, we run the gamut there. Uh, and so we're looking at all types of requests that are coming in. And then after the first month or two, after this, she's like kind of learned to understand the business, met the people, the stakeholders, she can start solutioning on her own. So it's like, hey, why don't you go solution this for first? Then we'll come together and we'll review it. You know, this is how we this is how we look at things. This is how our process works. And it's really about helping them help themselves. Um, I don't have a requirement for certifications on my team, but I do expect them to be able to, to look at a trailhead and understand how super badges work and that kind of information and those kind of skills, but they're not always transferable. So it's, it's yes, keep working on trailhead, but also show me that you are learning by coming up with ideas because there's no bad ideas when it comes to Salesforce. I mean, there are, that. there are definitely bad ideas when it comes to Salesforce, <laughs> but in this case, it's, it's her trying to learn and then in junior roles and, and entry-level professionals and learning so they can ask the questions. They have to be not be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think it's really important when a company is hiring for a junior that they have someone like yourself in the team, someone that can actually guide. And Because otherwise, like you said, there are bad ideas. There are bad ways of doing things. And if you don't know, you don't know. So um, Twitter today kind of blew up in the Salesforce world. There was a guy. I'm not sure who, who that was. Yeah, I think he's you know, related to a boot camp, uh, like a boot camp company. Okay. Ah, oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. So that might explain it a bit more. But he, he basically said anyone with a bit of kind of a bit of something about them, some some general kind of smarts, um, could uh, do an intense kind of two to three week program and, and become a Salesforce admin, uh, get an entry level role, and you know the salaries are going to be high. And, and I yeah. think you know that there's a real issue in the market with I think a lot of people have been sold that dream. A, a definite surplus at the moment of, of people that don't have any hands-on experience but have a certification and, and they're looking to make that break. Uh, what would your take when you saw that tweet? I mean, I giggled a lot. Like I was sitting yeah. on a plane. I was, I was flying in from Austin this morning. I was sitting on the tarmac and I saw that. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is exactly what people need to see. The problem with the Salesforce ecosystem right now and these boot camps and, and in general is there aren't junior roles. There aren't entry-level roles. And yes, Existing skill sets and career transitions can help you get more experience and land you a more senior, you know, quote unquote, senior level role. But it's far and few between. Like there are not a ton of people who are coming in from engineering and to, you know, a mid-level Salesforce role because a couple of reasons. One, most hiring managers don't have a ton of Salesforce experience, right? There are not a lot of actual technical Salesforce folks in hiring manager roles. First off, so they don't know what they're looking for when they see this. They just see, oh, great, there's a certification. Then on top of that, when you're saying it takes two, three weeks to get a certification, to your point, it doesn't take two to three weeks to get a certification. It's a lot harder than that. 
maybe if you are, I, I think Mike Wheeler responded to that thread and said, he thinks it can be done in four to five weeks with like full on full-time studying. And even then it's kind of a stretch, but certifications don't tell you anything. They just say you can pass a test. I think I personally don't use certifications as a standard in my hiring practices. I don't even look them up. If you have certifications on your resume and you apply for my open roles, I don't even look to see if they're real certifications. I'm more interested in like super badges and those more technical experience side things. Like if you should come up and you say you have 12 super badges or however many there are right now, that's more impressive to me than the certification. And it's because we're running into these, these uh, situations where there are thousands of people out there who have won and got the certification. And now they're just pounding down every door they can get on to see if there's a role for them. Yeah. It's diluted. It's diluted the market for it. Like I'll, I'll, um, I was recruit. So I typically recruit for roles in Australia and New Zealand, but recently I was recruiting for a role in another country. I was engaging people about this role and, and there were, you know, people that had multiple certs and I'd jump on a zoom call with them and I'd ask them a basic question. And all of a sudden their zoom would go down, you know, like, of their internet connection kind of gone funny when they couldn't answer a question or or where there was something like really basic or like even just to ask them where they've worked with a certain product and stuff and, and why why that business so why would a bank use cpq as an example could they tell me what the uk for that was there in their business and they just couldn't do it but they had all these certs right and i think that's the the problem is i think people have been led to believe that if you get certs then you'll get a job and also there, there are these cert factories right where you can just get a cert because was it two years ago? Was that that race to the CTA or something like that? And everybody was trying to get as many certifications as they could. That to me is a great example of why certifications aren't a great judge of experience and talent in the ecosystem. Because nobody, there's not a single admin out there, dev or declarative side, who has access to every single tool that certifications exist for. You know what I mean? There's no, no nobody has access to all that unless maybe they work for Salesforce. Yeah, But that tells me like, you're not using the tool daily. You're not hands-on with it on a regular enough cadence to actually master it and be able to speak to what it's capable of. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of entry level people coming into the Salesforce space. And it's not a bad thing. I'm all about bringing entry green level talent into the ecosystem, but we have to do it the right way. And we have to do it in a, a skill set and experience appropriate roles. And it's true roles designed to help bring somebody up and train them and teach them. It's not hey, I have a certification, I can do this. Yeah, I think that's the key is like, if you're going to hire juniors or, or entry level, you have to have a plan, you have to have structure and support for them. What's your view then on, on partners now? Because I, I had a guy, I've placed him multiple times. He started a, a, an engagement recently through me. And, and it's the second time he started a, a contract through me where he's picking up um, the mess from a, a, exactly the same Salesforce partner. And and it must, I mean, obviously there's a lot of demand in the market. People are hiring, partners are struggling to get resources. But like, because a lot of companies will look at a partner and go, well, you know, they've got X amount of certifications. They're going to put this person on a project who has X amount of certifications. Like, surely we're in safe hands. So who's to blame them when a project goes bad or when a company gets left in a bit of a mess because they've hired a partner that didn't necessarily have the resources that, that they were expecting them to have? You can see because Salesforce is, is addressing this, right? It used to be how many certifications does a partner have? Now, Salesforce is looking for a higher, they, they want to see more people with certifications versus one person has 15, they rather have to see 15 people with one certification because they're, they know there's an issue with resourcing. They know there's an issue with projects coming in, unfinished, partially done, bad, bad workmanship, and they're trying to stop that. To your point, though, partners are going straight to the fountain right now. They're going straight to uh, new graduates and trying to teach them themselves. 
The problem is, unless you're one of the larger partners out there, you don't have a really great foundational base for training and teaching new admins and new consultants, right? Salesforce consulting is not like big four consulting. It's, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different methodology. It's it's a lot of hands-on work where like management consultants and traditional consulting is not them doing the work. They're coming in, leading the project, maybe doing a little bit of strategy. They're not actually the one also going out and building, which is what you see from a lot of Salesforce firms. So it's new grads, not a ton of experience in the world in general, but then on top of that, not a ton of experience in Salesforce trying to solution and build for fairly complicated use cases. And then that's where you come in, you're you're brought in to bring in your, your fixer. I mean, this guy, he, he's your fixer. You bring him in when there's a project that really needs help and it's been half, half finished. And that's when you're, you're those kind of guys come to play and they make great money doing it, fixing other people's problems. Yeah, but it would be better, I guess, if they, they didn't have to do that all the time. You know, if they really like I, I've heard of people in the past that have been hired into a consulting business with no experience and put on a project on their own to do an implementation. Um, yeah. You know, their first day in the role and they're out doing an implementation when they'd never worked in a practical environment. And this is going back a while, like I'm thinking maybe three years or so for this particular guy. But now he and he, he would never go back into consulting because of the experience he had. This is a personal one. Um, it, what, what do you dislike more? Job descriptions or personal brands? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, personal <laughs> brands. Uh, yeah, I, let me rephrase it. I think it depends on what part of your career you're in. If you're a new admin, new fresh to the world, you don't need a brand. Your hiring manager doesn't know what Salesforce is anyways. They're not out there looking to see how you interact in the community. They just want to see that you're hungry and willing to work. Later in life, if you're a more senior admin, you're trying to establish yourself as a thought leader or a contractor because you're at that point where you're like, hey, I'm done working client side, it's time to move out on my own, a brand becomes more important then. Earlier in the career, early career, I don't think you need a brand. I think there's I don't I don't think it's necessary. That's when I think job descriptions need to be better written. There's so many bad job descriptions out there that there's a fundamental lack of understanding of what an admin does from junior to senior. It doesn't matter it's across the board. There's a fundamental lack of understanding of what you're expecting from somebody. And a lot of the time they're copy and paste and and um you know I I my my view on the personal brand thing, I think like Maybe the word personal branding or the words personal branding aren't right for an admin. I think like to, to show, like I encourage people to post about what they're learning and doing. And I think like, yes, you might get attention. It's not necessarily because you need a personal brand, but it's, a, it's showing enthusiasm for Salesforce. And like I've seen people post about what they've built and get a job out of it. And, and that wasn't because they wanted to be, you know, LinkedIn famous or, or like a Salesforce personality. They just wanted to show that they can do some of the hands-on stuff and, I think that's different to personal branding, but I think so too. rolled up in that. I think if you're out there and you're showing what you're learning and you're actually approaching it from a from the perspective of I am working through this publicly and this is kind of my you know accountability platform for it, I think it's different than immediately starting a blog and immediately starting a YouTube channel talking about your journey. Because at that point, you're just trying to it, it seems disingenuous mm-hmm. from from a certain aspect. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think. Um, yeah, and you know, there's always someone under you that's maybe one step behind that can learn from you. So even if you don't have a lot of experience, like your YouTube channel might solve a problem. But um, but yeah, I think you know, there's a limited runway if you don't have experience of how much content you can create around that. Whereas just um, you know, documenting what you're learning is is probably a good way to go about it and, and you know, showing that how your capabilities are growing. Now, finally, uh, RevOps. So so I've I've never really kind of been aware of the RevOps space. I don't know if it's new or emerging. Um, I think the first time I ever heard of it was, was through yourself. I know what SalesOps is, um, but RevOps seems to be a bit different. So um, is, is it something that you know people should be 
starting to, to be more aware of, or is it something that's kind of been and gone, or what, what's the kind of curve of RevOps? RevOps is growing right now in the space. So RevOps is the idea of you're taking the operational aspect of the individual team, sales ops, marketing ops, customer success, you know, customer service operations oriented, and you're breaking down silos and you're putting them in within one organization within the company. Uh, a lot of times you see it reporting into the sales and the CRO side. I think that's an awful idea because um, those teams tend to support the entire company. They need to be in an operational role, in an operational department. So like COO, CFO, something like that. But the way I put it, I think we were talking earlier, the way I put it is all sales ops are rev ops, but not all rev ops are sales ops. It's very much a strategic and analytic role in the world. And it's designed to help further your, your further your team's efforts to in the customer life cycle. It's, hey, how can sales ops close deals better? Like what data do we need? How can we provide that data? Marketing is looking at that same data, but now that they're on the same team, they have the same definition of what those what that data means and what those results look like. I'm a big fan of separating the management of systems out of RevOps and into its own like business applications, internal systems roles, some generic title like that. Because RevOps is hard as it is. You know, it's again, it's very strategic. It's very analytical. There's a lot going on in that world. And adding on the administration of multiple go-to-market platforms and tools makes life harder for people. So I like to see that separated out into its own role underneath the COO or the CFO or the CTO. To answer your second question is, should people be aware of it? Definitely. Uh, I think we are at that point where you're no longer, it's no longer enough to be a Salesforce admin in this space, in the world. You have to be willing to and or know additional platforms. That sales acceleration, like outreach and enablement and sales loft is that commission plan software, like exactly in Captivate IQ. There's, you know, there's a ton of different tools out there, sales hood, showpad, spec it, sonar. You have to be able to understand and manage multiple platforms. And that's what they're asking Salesforce admins to do now. It's no longer just the Salesforce tool. It's becoming a much more general IT function. I've heard of many of those tools that you mentioned, but are a lot of those supported by the company themselves? And it's kind of just an integration into Salesforce or... No, so I have my team, we manage Salesforce, NetSuite, SalesLoft, the commission platform, a demo tool. And those like we have probably 60, 70 go-to-market platforms between sales between sales and service that we support. And my team manages the administration of them as well as the integration with with Salesforce. So it's yeah, not wow. just owning the connection, it's also owning the tool and being able to be a sales loft administrator and understand how cadences work and workflows work in sales loft, how that integration plays back in and maps to Salesforce. Um, it's becoming just an expectation and it's no longer a quality that sets you apart from other admins. So it's now it's more than just like knowing AppExchange, like uh, historically, so have you worked with DocuSign? Great, okay, cool, yeah, boom, you're in. And now it's a lot broader than, than the AppExchange. Yeah, like it looks like a DocuSign, right? They acquired Spring CM. Now, do you know DocuSign eSign or do you know DocuSign CLM with contract lifecycle? And then how have you integrated with that? Like, are you able to set up workflows in CLM? My platform manager on the Salesforce side for my team, he manages DocuSign CLM for us in addition to being a CPQ administrator. You know, it's that's part of his role and his responsibilities within the, the company. Yeah, wow. And, and um, on a, a personal level as well, you're now a published author, I believe. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's called uh, Things I've Posted to the Internet, and it's just screenshots of things I posted to the Internet. You can get it in 8 by 11 because I didn't have the time or the patience to make the images smaller to fit on the page. So I made the book larger so I didn't have to mess with the images. I saw. Uh, I, I can't remember who I saw that received a copy, but um, but yeah, it's, it's getting out there. It's great. I'm working on volume two right now. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah, put me down for a copy.
I got you. I'll send one. I'll send one your way. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up. And uh, where where do you hang out most these days? Is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? Like, where can people find you? If you want to find me on LinkedIn, it's LinkedIn.com slash in slash grumpy admin. Uh, and then Wizards of Ops and Ohana are my two big Slack channels that I spend most of my time in. I, I spend some time on Twitter, but it's mostly because my LinkedIn auto posts to Twitter uh, and okay. then I'll respond there. But you know, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. I think it's, uh, I prefer the long form content of LinkedIn over the short form content of Twitter. And you can act, ask more direct questions in LinkedIn and, and maintain the context. Whereas within, when you're threading on Twitter, it's going to get lost pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. And you, you get dragged across the Twitter because people post ridiculous things about how you become an admin in two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, boot camps kind of suck. So um, <laughs> there, there's some challenges there. Well, let's, uh, let's end there. So thanks again, mate. Really good to catch up. And uh, yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talent Hub Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could subscribe and also leave a short review. We're keen for this podcast to reach as many people in the Salesforce ecosystem as possible, and your reviews will help us do that. 